it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. How do I sound now? Sound okay? Did you ask Pop that question? Let's do it. Welcome to the Athletic MBA Show. Monday through on the Athletic Podcast Network. Okay, here we go. And it is another Hoops Adjacent episode of the Athletic MBA Show. David Aldrich here in D.C. Marcus will be joining us in a few minutes, but we're going to get started right now with our guest. We, we, we're we very happy. I'm very happy to have him on the show, man. We've talked a couple of times over the years about a bunch of different things and just glad to have you on for an extended period of time. From the Denver Nuggets, the hot Denver Nuggets, Bruce Brown joins us. How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course, man. The pride of wait, wait—is it Dorchester or Dorchester? I don't know how to pronounce it. <laughs> <laughs> Dorchester for sure. Dorchester. <laughs> yeah, man. I wanted to ask you all about that and just kind of, you know, your your time growing up and and playing for Coach L down at Miami and everything, man. So, but I, first thing I want to ask you is just, you know, you come to a new a new team, a good team to be sure. But I always wonder when a guy has established himself somewhere else. So everybody knows you can play. You've proven you can play. <laughs> like, that's not the issue. The yep. issue is how can you play here with this team? And it's different. Every team's different. So what was the process or what is the process like when you're trying to adjust what your skill set is to what they need? I think it was pretty easy for me. Um, coming from just me playing basketball growing up, I was always a guard. Um, making the right decisions, making the right play. Um, And then as I've transitioned, when I went to Brooklyn, it was like they needed something completely different. Um, And I just wanted to get on the floor. I knew me being a guard wasn't going to get me on the floor because they already had so many great players in front of me who who established themselves already in the league. Um, So that was being a five, being a four, um, just doing things that would help the other superstars out on the floor, Um, take some pressure off of them when they're getting double-teamed and trapped so I'll make the right play. Uh, but then coming here, I knew they were going to let me be a guard and go back to my original position. Um, and I just had to showcase that in the preseason, give, show them that I can play, be a guard, uh, make the right play, and, and knock down some some three balls when they need me to. Did you, did you have a sense when you were looking at teams that, you know, after Denver traded Monty Morris, they, they kind of were going to need another guard in there. Did you? Yeah. Did that factor in when you were looking at them? Yeah, I was talking to uh, Uncle Jeff Green, uh, and I talked to Calvin, and they were like, listen, you come here, we're going to need you to play the guard because we know uh, Jamal is obviously coming back from injury. Mike's coming yeah. back from injury. So they was like, you're going to start at guard. You may uh, come off the bench at guard, but there's going to be uh, minutes there for you to play uh, to showcase what you can do. So when you when you get there, we had Will Barton on the show last year when he was in Denver, and he said that it took him – a couple of games or, you know, a couple of weeks really to realize, damn, that Jokic guy's not bad. <laughs> you know, he didn't realize yeah. it at first. He didn't realize how good he was. It's different for you because he's a two-time MVP when you come mm-hmm. in. So what is it that you're – what are you looking for when you come in into how am I going to play off of this guy and with this guy? So me, it was easy. I mean, I mean, I played obviously with Kevin Durant. Um, so he catches the ball and pulls a lot of ISO ball. 
Um, so at first I was like, all right, I'm still going to get the same cuts I did in Brooklyn. So that'd be easy. Um, but here it's more, they want you to space out, give them more space, um, and not have the middleman cut every time, which they had me doing in Brooklyn. Um, and now I'm obviously shooting the ball really well. Um, so I had to get used to shooting more threes instead of getting to the floater more often. Yeah. Are you, I mean, with your background, I'm, I, I always wonder when you, when you, it's not that you didn't shoot in Brooklyn, but that wasn't that wasn't what they asked you yeah. to do. But you shot before in every place you've been, and so I wonder if that muscle memory just kicked back in when you get back to Denver. Uh, I I think I had to work a lot more on my shooting this summer than I have in the past, just because I I didn't do it for two years. Right. They didn't ask me to do it for two years. Yeah. Um. So I was fo- in Brooklyn. I was focused on more scoring in the paint and corner threes. Now I'm shooting obviously above the break corners, like anywhere, mid-range. Um, so this summer it took a lot to just work on shooting above the break, being confident with it, and uh, knowing that I'm going to have to shoot more. What? How did you what, work? Uh, what was your summer routine like? How many shots were you getting up a day? Uh, I don't know if it was shots. It was more feel. Um, okay. I learned from Patty Mills. I asked him, I was like, bro, you shoot the ball extremely well. Like, how many shots do you get on? How many makes? He was like, it's, it's not makes. It's not attempts. It's just feel. Like, when it feels good, you're confident. Everything's going. Everything's flowing well. You're making shots. So now I just shoot until I feel good. And so that could be 10 shots, right? Mm-hmm. And, and and when it feels, when it, everything's in rhythm, everything's you, you're rhythm. done. It's a wrap. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> Man, that's amazing. That's amazing. So, dude, I got to get you. I got to ask you about you know, everything that's going on with your former squad, man. I mean, you, you know those guys very well, and you know yep. Steve very well, too. Uh, and not so much about Kyrie's situation, but mm-hmm. just more about just kind of like the pressure that's on those guys all the time. Like, there's never a light day there in terms yeah. of expectations I mean, and all of it. Yeah, I mean, obviously, K- KD, Kyrie, all of them guys are there, so they have big expectations on them, obviously, from Kevin coming from the Warriors and – Kai coming from Cleveland Um, and they're in New York. So everything is just going to be blown out of proportion because the media there. Um, But obviously those are great guys on and off the court. I love playing with them. I love being around them in the locker room. Um, Kai is one of the best teammates I've ever had. Mm -hmm. Um, Definitely miss those guys some days, but I wish them nothing but the best. Yeah. So when you, when you, you know, are looking at, well, I mean, was there? Did you think there was ever a chance you could go back to Brooklyn? Did you just think it's just time? I've just got to move on. No. So in free agency, they came down before free agency actually started, and we had a meeting. Yeah. Um, and they were like, "Listen, we want you back." Um, it was me. It was the G, Sean and and Jeff Peterson. Yeah. And I'm this whole time I'm thinking I'm coming back. Okay. I'm that not thinking much of it. Um, and then once the Royce O'Neal. Uh, uh, trade went down, and I was like, "Oh, there's probably no chance." Being a free agent, I mean, I've got, I'm sure it's it's exhilarating, but it's also terrifying, right? Because mm-hmm. you want to make the right call. You're going to get paid. You know, you're going to get paid. Yep. But it's what's the right fit. So when you were starting to look at other options, what were you looking for in terms of fit? At first, I heard a lot that like teams didn't think I could be a guard. Um, wow. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Watch the tape, fellas. <laughs> me being in the role that I was in Brooklyn, so they probably didn't have a lot of confidence in uh, me being a guard, moving back to the guard position. But I was like, my pitch to them and my agent's pitch to them was he played starting point guard his second year in the NBA and had great numbers. Yeah. Um, but 
I mean, obviously, I have this year to prove what I can do, and uh, it's going pretty well so far. When you had to make the adjustments to playing more do you, up front in Brooklyn, did you do you look at tape of a guy like a P.J. Tucker who had to do the same thing, kind of reinvent himself? Uh, or do you no. just kind of figure it out on your own? No, I kind of just figured it out on my own. Um, I really just thought, like, what did I want the big to do when I was in the guard position? Um, and I knew all the rotations in my head just from being a guard and seeing the floor. Um, yeah. So it was either two options. Either I catch it in the, I catch it in, uh, in the pocket, floater, right. or catch it, throw a corner. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So those are usually open. And I have Joe Harris and, and uh, KD on my right side. They're not going to help as much. So right. the floater was working. The floater game is your thing, man. I mean, it was yep. your thing in Brooklyn, to be sure. And, I, you know, you see a few guys that, that utilize it a lot. You know, Trey uses it a lot. Mm-hmm. But it still, it still seems to me that a lot of guys don't go to that. And that just seems to be such a natural thing in this game. If you're, yeah. gonna, if you're going mid-range, wouldn't that be the natural shot to develop? See, and have me, back? growing up, it was like you have to have the floater in your game being a right? guard. Yeah. Um, so that was always been my go-to shot. But as I got older, people started going away from it. More analytics, no mid-range, so it was more threes. And that really wasn't my game when I was younger growing up. Like, I didn't like to shoot a lot of threes. I like to get in the paint, floaters, yeah. mid-range. Um, so I had to transform my game when I got into college. It's crazy to me, man, because you've got to have something else. You yep. know, if everybody, if it's five out and zero in, and there's a and there's a shot blocker, you've got to have something else. <laughs> and in the playoffs, you're gonna shoot way more mid range than you do threes. Yeah. I feel like so. Exactly. You gotta have it in your package. Right. Right. Exactly. So, uh, so you're you have seemed to it seems seamless. I know it couldn't have been seamless for you to to get there, but what. What has worked so well for you right away in Denver, you know, off the rip? I think just the confidence everybody gives me on the floor. Um, coach gave me the green license day one. Goes out, he tell me to go out there, play your game. And then the guys on the floor want me to be aggressive. Yeah. Uh, when you pass up a shot, they're yelling at you. Um, and then obviously you make it, if you're hot, they're going to feed you the ball. Um, so that was that was just huge for me since, since day one. And in this group, I mean, they have – you're used to expectations, you know, mm-hmm. you're used to high expectations to be sure um, coming from Brooklyn. But is it any different in Denver, even though the expectations are the same or similar? Yeah, I think everything's a lot more relaxed. Everybody knows our goal. Everybody knows what we can do. Everything's just a lot more relaxed. That Maybe that's just us being in Denver and not being in New York. Um, so everything's really calm and I'm, I'm loving it so far. So I, what's the... <laughs> I like Denver. I've always one of my. It's an underrated city, but it. it I'm sure every new it, when you go to a new city, it takes some getting used to. So what? How do you get used to a city when you're moved when you're working there? And you don't really have three weeks or four weeks to kind of go out and see everything. Yeah, I honestly I haven't done much um, just because we haven't even been home a lot during the season. We probably had like I want to say like eight home games, maybe. Is that uh, all? Well, wow. Yeah, we're on the road a lot, yeah, um, yeah, so okay. I haven't done too much here. Uh, but I'm trying to. I've golf. I'm a I'm a golfer, so I, I've really times this summer. What's your handicap, bro? Uh, thirteen. Damn, that's not bad. <laughs> I started two years ago during COVID, so okay, pretty decent. 
Hold on, hold on. You started during COVID. You already at a thirteen? Yeah, I play a lot of golf, and I joined. I joined a, a country club also. Man, you used to play. Come on, you used to play golf. No way. Uh-huh. I haven't played at all. Well, when I and then I picked up clubs during COVID. How, how did you pick it? Why did you pick golf up? So I was in Boston during uh, COVID, and that was literally the only thing you can do. Um, that was the only time I get to chill around my boys. So um, okay. I went out to the driving range one time, hit a few balls, and then I went and bought clubs that night. That's that's insanity. That's just insane. Listen, I started playing golf, and my thumbs swole up. Like, yeah. And then the homie next to me, some old dude was like, hey, man, just stop and take lessons. Exactly. Uh-huh. You probably grip, gripping it too hard or something? Yeah, he said I was gripping too. He said my grip was all wrong. He was like, don't develop bad habits because it's hard to break them. He was like, just stop. I mean, some random dude was like, yo, cut it out, man. Stop and take lessons. And then you just figured it out in like three weeks. If you if you look at my swing from when I first started to my swing now, you can tell like I put in a lot of time. Uh, so are you, are you a big, you know, are you a – you go to the range all the time now. How do you keep up with it? During, during the-, the summer, I, I joined a country club, so I'm there every day okay. in the morning. Oh, damn. So you get the – Marcus, you get the food too. Hey, this, this, this is where we at, right? We got black people talking about I joined a country club. I joined a country club. <laughs> we living it out here. Yo, but you know what? It's like when Brian Russell, Brian Russell was big into skiing, and I'm like, black people don't ski? And he's like, yeah, they do, actually. <laughs> so, I don't know about ski. I ski once in my life, and I can't do it. Yeah, yeah. No, he was big into it, man. He was a big skier, man. So, so yeah, man. I I like Denver. It's it's a different. It's different, right? I mean, it's just different. Yeah, I'm um, trying to be PC. You don't like Denver? No, no, I do. Actually, I do. Actually, I do. I like Denver because I had the best hamburger of my life in Denver, Marcus. I went to to uh, Ted's Chase Montana Cookie? Grill, right by uh, right by. Cookie. Dude, it was fantastic. They had the buffalo burger. That shit. Oh my god, it was so good. <laughs> My God, best burger I ever had, man. So no, I like Denver. I, I no, oh, I this one wanted to ask you. So tell us about the altitude, man. Real? Oh, real. Yeah, when yeah. I first got out here and I, we played pickup for the first day, I was dead. <laughs> went up, went up and down twice, once, and I was finished. Damn, it's, it's like real. That. It is real. That's like when teams come here. You can tell when teams come here and they play the first up and down. They're like, <gasps> I'm like, yo. Damn. Quick subs. Damn. So how do you how do you get used to that? Uh, I just think just being here. Yeah. And it's tough for us because when we leave and go play somewhere else for a little bit and come back, we got to get adjusted to it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. So uh, just being, you just got to be here. So out of curiosity, you you are uh, a 6'4 center in the modern yeah, We NBA. talked about that. You were late. And bro. I was wondering, <laughs> like, how big is Jokic like in real oh, life? What? How big is Jokic in real life? Jokic is seven feet. I mean, how does he feel? Have you matched up against him? Have you gotten? Oh feel no, no, like no! I, I don't, I don't play the uh, center, center no more. You ain't get down there at all. No, <laughs> I'm not down there that much. I'm a <laughs> guard now. Yeah, yeah. He, he diamond people up, Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I'm, I see it. I figure in practice, you can switch the guy over. It was like, yo, this dude is big. This is different. No, nah, I haven't guarded him, and I probably can't. I'm gonna be honest. That's one player. He's too big. All right. So the his passing. People have said, and we, I, Marcus, I told him when Will was on the show last year, he talked about the past, obviously the passing with, with Jokic. How different is it than anybody else? He sees things happen before it happens. Like you could throw him a, a law pass 
and he already knows who's open in the corner, and he throws passes. He's not even looking. He already knows it's already open. Um, twice in Golden State, he threw me two corner passes. I wasn't ready because I didn't even think he'd seen me, and they went out of bounds. So I was like, you got to be ready with him 24-7. So that's like playing with Mahomes and shit, right? Yeah, literally. <laughs> he just fires it corner, or he'll do like behind-the-back pass. You don't think it's coming? Like, it's insane. Here's I'm curious about this. Uh You've developed yourself into a reliable three-point shooter. Mm-hmm. Like, how how difficult was that? Or was the early numbers just a product of being new in the league and not really knowing where to get your shot from? I think early in the league, it was more confidence. Like, I, I can – in college, I shot 38% uh, from three. Um, it was just getting in the league, being confident in my game, um, and then really just not caring about misses and makes um, – that was all it was. And I had to look at myself and I'm like, bro, if you're going to miss three, shoot the next three. Um, and then last year during the playoffs, I shot – I mean, last year during the season, I shot 40%. It was just all confidence. Uh, that's Robert Ori said that to me, and I couldn't believe it, Bruce. I, I asked him one time, I said, how do you how do you get the, the courage to shoot all those threes in, in those types of situations? And he said – Cause I don't give a fuck if it goes in or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, what? I was like, what? It's like seriously, that's how, it's how you have to be. I don't care if it I goes in, it goes in. If it doesn't, it like, doesn't. How you get that? Right, last right. Year, that's- <laughs> last year, first half of the season, I shot thirty percent from three. Right, All Star break hit. I didn't touch a ball during All Star break exactly. at all. I went, hang with my boys. We had fun. I did not touch a ball. I looked myself in the mirror. I said, bro. First of all, it was. My contract's up. I was like, listen, you're going to get paid or you're not. You got to go out there and shoot the ball and play your game. Um, and then I just started firing threes, and I ended the year shooting 50%. But ended wow. the year shooting 40%, but second half of the season, I shot 50% from three. But, Marcus, Steph's got to be like that, right? I mean, I'm, it's not – I know he works at it, but, I mean, he literally is like, I don't – It's. Yes, yeah, I'm gonna shoot it, and yeah, we'll yeah. see what happens, right? Like, yeah, but he does it from 50 feet, though. Right. right. Like, <laughs> I'm just saying, some people have it, like not everybody has it, right? Like, it's not, it, it's a unique skill, it's an mm-hmm. ability, like anything else. Like, how did you just say, all right, like, like if if we could all do what you did with our lives, like everybody would be better, right? <laughs> be like, all right, I'm gonna yeah. get this together right now. Like, right. how are you able to do that? Is it something? From your past and something in you, and then all right, and now the flip the switch, and I don't care about it. Honestly, I don't know. It was just I literally looked myself in the mirror and said, "Bro, let's get it," and things turned around. Things clicked. That was it, huh? Damn, that was it. That's amazing. That's amazing. Well, look, you you developed, I'm sure, a lot of toughness growing up in Dorchester. So, yep. um, and I've taught you know I don't want to be. I'm trying not to be cliched about all this because I got. And Marcus, we both have a lot of black friends in Boston, so it's not it's not going that way. That's not what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. But there are challenges being black growing up in Boston and living in Boston. And I just yeah. wonder, like, does that is it just it's just where I live? I can't do anything about it, so I don't worry about it. Or are you always kind of on guard when you when you grow up in there? Uh, I think when I was younger, I didn't really do much. I only seen really black people. Um, I didn't see a white person in Boston. Cause I didn't leave the hood much. Yeah. I didn't see a white person until like seventh grade where I played AAU. Okay. Um, but I mean, now I have a, a bunch of white friends. Yeah. Um, I was in medical program where they sent in their, in their city kids to suburban schools. And then I yeah. went to school. So 
Um, at first, it was just like, I'm here. It is what it is. Um, and I mean, I I know Boston has uh, – there's a lot about what people say about Boston, but I haven't experienced anything personally. Um, yeah. I mean, it's my city, so I mean, I love it. I know there's a lot of pride in it with yeah. folks that yeah, they actually grew up there. They actually live there. Red Sox had it on my arm. I got the skyline. So, like, I love Boston. Boston is like this low-key underrated basketball hotbed, right? Yeah. Y'all got hoopers in Boston, don't you? We got hoopers. It's just some hoopers. Uh, so, there's, there's two different lanes, obviously, with every city. People want to be hood famous, mm-hmm. and then other people want to make it to the pros. Um, but there's – some people are content about being great and back at home in the hood, having that fame there instead right. of – pursuing something bigger so who from the hood used to cook you cook me yeah who from the hood nah, used to nobody cook you? nobody used to, nobody Come used on, to Bruce. But listen, I, I was never i was never the first option i'll tell you that i was never the first option but i there's some names i can get mikey rodriguez great jalen adams my cousin was always the top in the city for sure he right. went he played at uconn okay um who else? Keon Jones was great. Um, he played at New Mexico State. Like they always got they got to the college level, but yeah, just didn't work out. CBA, you can't you can't defend you can't defend like him without having gotten cooked back at home. Oh, there was definitely there was listen, I wasn't I wasn't the best coming up ever. So there's definitely chips on my shoulder for a reason. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, the <laughs> guards like, hold on, man. I have to eat out here. I'm different. So, man, I wanted to ask you, because I was reading up on, you You, you know, you had to take the bus to the to the different school. Yep. So did I. <laughs> and I used to think a lot on that bus ride. Mm-hmm. Like, why, how am I on this bus? You know, why am I given, why have I gotten this this chance that other people I grew with that aren't getting and didn't get and won't get? I used to think about that all the time on that because the bus ride is about half an hour. I know it was, it was a little longer for you. Yep. What did you think about on the mess, on those bus rides? Um, I mean, it was early, so I was really sleeping in the morning. <laughs> we, I think the bus picked us up at like six thirty, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, it was just a great opportunity because the high school I went to it, it was a, probably the worst high school in Boston at the time. And they split now; they split it up into like two, two or three different schools. Yeah. Um, so it's not one big school anymore. And then the athletics wasn't great. Um, yeah. And obviously going to Wakefield High School was probably one of the best decisions I've made going to Wakefield in Vermont just because it gave me a, a different perspective on life. Uh, I seen new people. I got to talk um, proper, I guess, um, because yeah. if you met me before I got to Wakefield, I talked like I was from the, I was from Boston in the hood, like didn't know proper English, like slang. Um so and then obviously I'm, I created great relationships now, and, and those are my boys since until this day. So, are you a great code switcher? Code, code switcher. Yeah. We, we all. I think, all I think I'm pretty. De- I think I'm pretty decent <laughs> because I know I know what I can say with my my white group and what I, <laughs> like what so they can understand, you know. Yeah. But like we actually kind of getting them up to to date with the slang. <laughs> To be honest, but they know what's going on. That's my issue, Bruce. I don't know how to code switch, so I'm hood everywhere. No, you're not. No, you're not. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. I wish it. I had that other part. No, you're uh-huh. not. 
Marcus, hey. you're the least code. You're the most code switching this dude. Nah, man. I don't know how to not say we be. <laughs> I mean, I still say stuff like that. Like, I don't. I can't switch that. But how do you feel about the reputation? Do you feel like, hey, that's not my Boston, or are you out here fighting for the reputation of your city? I mean, I know Boston. Listen, me. I played there in the playoffs. I got booed in my own city where I grew up during the playoffs. Heard some crazy things like. Things have happened to me in the past in Boston that, like, I just don't even think about. Like, I move on from it. Um, don't even worry about it. Like, completely clear my mind. Um, I just love my city. I love being from there. Uh, I know where I came from. Um, and the people who do say stuff like that aren't from where I'm from. You feel me? So yeah. it is what it is. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Are you struggling to close deals? B2B selling is tougher than ever, and that's why I want to tell you about LinkedIn Sales Navigator. LinkedIn Sales Navigator is a sales intelligence platform that helps professionals effectively prospect and engage high-value customers, drive higher revenue, and increase sales performance. Sales Navigator helps you target the right buyers, surface key signals, and show you hidden allies so that you can find those buyers that are most likely to convert. Fueled by LinkedIn's 1 billion member platform, Sales Navigator gives you up-to-date first-party data, enabling you to unlock conversations with the people that matter. Right now, you can try LinkedIn Sales Navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com slash show 23 That's linkedin.com slash show 23 for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com slash NBA show 23 and get started. So you told me uh, when I, I was writing a story, Marcus, this was the second anniversary of Kobe's passing. So I got Bruce was nice enough to talk to me on the phone. And you said the first game you saw in the garden, you saw Kobe. Kobe. Yeah. And what and what was that like seeing that guy? He was I mean, he killed us. Um, obviously, me growing up, I hated LA. I hate. I wanted them to beat the Lakers twenty four seven, but that was a game he actually went crazy. I think they wore yellow jerseys, um, and I don't know his stat line, but they the Lakers won on the Celtics home floor. Yeah. Um, and me being a Boston fan at the time, it killed me. Um, but he destroyed Ray Allen, who was guarding him, um, and it, it was just it was great to see him out there going crazy. What was the, I mean? What did you learn from that? Because you're you're a young hooper at the time. You're growing up in it and thinking maybe this is something. I, what did you learn yeah. just watching? But I him? thought it was I want to be on that floor one day, mm-hmm. like um, just just being in front of uh, thousands of people playing, doing things that you love. 
um, people coming to watch you play. Like, I was like, I want to be out there one day. Uh, and my mom was so she was with me at the game. She was excited watching basketball. So I was like, and my mom loves it. I love it too. Is there a difference these days in Eastern Conference and Western Conference basketball? It used to be back in the day a different style, yeah. and now nah. you've gone from east to west. Is there anything? Nah, I don't think it's. I don't think it's a difference anymore. I think everything's everybody's about the same. Hmm. So pace and everything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, was, I think now it's just like the younger teams. Some of the younger teams obviously play a lot faster just because they get up and down the floor. But um, I think everybody, everybody plays the same now. What? A lot what of threes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm old. That's not. That's not my best. <laughs> I don't love that, but I understand it's part of the game now. But but like Marcus asked you before, you had to have a welcome to the NBA moment though, where you just got. Yeah, I, <laughs> one player that I literally could not guard my rookie, and I played great defense my rookie year, Kimba Walker when he was healthy. That was like my like short, quick guards were like Kimba was giving me a problem every time, and I, it was nothing I can do. Yeah. Um, like yeah, it was pick and he's, roll. He's that good. <laughs> yeah, it was pick, yeah, and this is when he's healthy. Like he ain't had right. no, like knee problems. He was good. Yeah, he was scoring thirty a night. Yeah. The number one fourth score, fourth fourth point score in the league, like yeah, couldn't do anything with him. Hey, that's hilarious though, because you've gone against some absolute legends, right? Mm-hmm. And it's Kimber Walker. He's gonna be like, I can never, <laughs> I can never bring that dude out. That dude is a legend, killing me, Marcus. I told you the story. I asked Isaiah one time. I said, who who was the one guy that you couldn't guard? And you know, he said Steve Coulter. You remember Steve Coulter? You don't even remember him, do you? He was six six with the Jerry curl. <laughs> he said, "I couldn't do nothing with him. <laughs> he killed me every time we played. Everybody's got some kryptonite guy somewhere that just kills them. There's nothing that you can, they can do about it." So I always wonder about that. Yeah. So damn, Kemba. And he just he's just signed with Dallas, right? Um, Dallas, so he's back. Yeah. yeah, he's back in the league. So you'll be seeing him pretty soon. I mean, now I'm good now, but my rookie year it was <laughs> it was, it was trouble. <laughs> Speaking of guard people, to get to get out the West, and Denver is obviously one of the, the teams that can get out of the West. Mm-hmm. It's some pretty pretty good guards you're gonna have to get through. Uh, defensively, that feels like that's been Denver's one area where they need to get better at. When you got there, what did you see, and how much has that defense grown since you've been there? Um, so yeah, I came in. KCP came in, so they got some three and D guys, um, and then Aaron Gordon is a, a great underrated defensive player. I feel. Um, but now it's just we just need time on the court. I mean, we're twenty, I think twenty games in, so we have our ups and downs. Um, our home games are better than our road games. Um, so really, on the road, we just got to communicate. I think our numbers are bad on the road, just is really because communication. Uh, we lack communication as much as we do at home. Yeah. Um, but we're getting better. Um, and then our defensive scheme is different than other teams. Like our big is up instead of other teams having a big in the drop. Um, right. So that takes that puts a lot of pressure on our low man um so we're just trying to get used to it i I can imagine that coach malone (laughs) is nothing but you know (laughs) wildly encouraging when y'all don't play no defense (laughs) he gets on us for sure Oh man, I, I love he's Coach Malone. Finally, though, he's, he's calm about it, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah he's, I like Coach Malone. Uh, I do too. He's great. I do too. Yeah, he's great. You know, look, all my my thing with with Coach Malone was if if Demarcus Cousins says that's the best coach I ever played for, that's all I need to hear, man. You know, you know what mm-hmm. I mean. So, um, yeah, I've always 
Always respect your coach, very, very much so. You mentioned KCP. He was here in, in D.C. last year, and it just I thought I just still think is a wildly underrated player. Mm-hmm. So when you look at him and yourself, and and obviously Jokic is is a very, very good defensive player. What do you think? Where do you think you guys can be by the end of the season in terms of that as a team? Right now, we want to be top five in defense for sure, and we can get there. Um, we just got to bring our defense on the road. That's really our big thing. I think teams score like 20 more points on the road than they do when we're at home. Um, so we bring that, we'd be good. What is that, you think? Is that You said it's communication. Is that yeah. just more time, or is it the scheme is a little no, bit No, I just think we got to talk, literally talk. You got to talk more on the road. I mean, obviously, because the crowd's not on your side. It's going to be a little loud in there. Um, so we just got to talk a lot more on the road than we do at home. Is there anything that you want to do in your career that you haven't already done? Besides, I know winning a championship, everybody wants to win that. Is there anything else besides that? Uh, I wanted to be on a defensive team. Okay. I, it doesn't have to be first, be second. Like I just want to be on a defensive team at some point. Right, right. Where do you think – do you think you're – you think people – and I say people, I mean your peers. Do you think they understand how good you are defensively? Uh, Yeah, I think some for sure. Um, I've definitely got a few superstars who, especially early in my career, like, oh, damn, like, you guarded me again. Like, come on, bro, just sit out one more play. Like, relax. Because, <laughs> um, I mean, my, my rookie year, my first two years, I picked people up full court. And I think my first year in the league, I held people to 38%. People don't know that. Um, so In Detroit, right? In Detroit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah so so uh, people know for sure. Right. So, yeah. so nobody understands this side of the ball. Like, not nobody. Obviously, people do. But generally, people understand, including many of the voters, right? So what are you going to do about that? Are you going to rack up a bunch of steals? Are you going to rack up a bunch of blocks? Are you going to do like Pat Bad and lock the dude up and walk around talking about first team all defense? Nah, that's you got to do me. something to generate attention. I know you do, but that's not, that's not me. That's not me at all. Like I get my stop and I move on to the next play. Right, right. How do people know you stopped them? Come right. on. We don't you gotta, if you, you watch, if you watch Denver, you will know. You watch right. Denver. And then you can look at the percentages, I guess, on who scores on – like. I mean, yeah, if you look at the numbers, like, I get blocks, I get steals, like, I do all that, too. But, like, I think the percentage of me going against a guy one-on-one, how many times they score me, I think I have a good percentage, a great percentage. So so how much of that is you, you've you talked about playing your whole life with a chip on your shoulder and nobody paid any attention to you. And Bro. even when you played EYBL, nobody really paid any attention to you. Mm-hmm. For, and I just wonder, how is that is that still there? Even though yeah. you're in the NBA now and you're making yeah. a lot of money and you're on a really good team? Yeah. I mean, last summer, nobody paid attention to me either. They didn't want to pay me because they didn't think I could be a guard. I played a guard my whole my whole life. So yeah. um, even though I did get a pay raise, which I, I'm happy that I did, um, it really – like I was I was pissed when I took that phone call. Like when my agent was like, listen, we got to take this or like we don't know what's going to happen. And I'm like, I, I just averaged 15 in the playoffs, shot 40 and 50 and 40, like and nobody – believes in me that I can do this. I just did it on the highest level. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's there for sure. I it's, it's, uh, it's amazing to me that – because I'm 
It just seems like the NBA conspires against anger. Defense? Well, that too, but anger. You know what I mean? Or or or, or feeling disrespected. Because mm-hmm. by being in the NBA, you're one of the 400 best players on earth, right? Yep. Like by definition. Mm-hmm. And 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 it's and and you're and you fly first class and you stay in great hotels and they take care of everything for you and it just seems like it's hard to keep that edge and I just wonder how you've kept it all these years. Just little stuff that happens during the season, like obviously this past I could go each season. My first year, uh, I didn't start. I, I didn't play. I my, my first no. I started my first game my first year, um, but I was young. I was trying to prove myself, um, so I would yeah. do anything. My second year, I had to prove that I could shoot. I could had to prove I could be a guard. Then they traded me um, to Brooklyn for, I don't know why I was still young, but they were going a different route. Uh, and in Brooklyn, I couldn't shoot. Uh, and now I'm here, I can't play a guard. I can't. So there's always something that I can't do that I have to prove to someone that I can do. Um, and I think, I think the NBA always looks over players who go to a great team and have to fit in a role mm-hmm. and say, and then the other teams are like, oh, we don't know if he can do this here. It's like, I had to get on the court and do that in Brooklyn for me to get on the floor and do well. Like, yeah. yeah. If I was a guard there, I would never play. I think the other part too that gets overlooked is sometimes you get so good at the things that help you win, but those things aren't like readily tangible. Like, like you were talking about defense, right? A guy who, if you watch the guy on the theory shoots, right? Besides the fact people won't look that up. But you got to consider the fact that some people just will not go against you because of it. They're going to say, hey, let's screen him off me. Let's screen him off him, yeah. Just as much as a stop, but Literally. you don't really get credit That's, for that, right? I mean, every, right. yeah, every team does that now. They get the primary defender off the scorer and then try to go out a weaker defender. That's yeah. what the, so And there's I'm no stat for that. that too. Right, there's no, no stat for it, right? Nope. <laughs> Like screen assist, you should get. There should be a, something like that for defense, hey, right? Believe, like, when you match up on staff, Draymond is coming to get you off that. Like that's for sure. And Draymond says the worst screens in the league. Him and Kevon Looney, <laughs> hard screens. Hold on, they're, they're the best for Steph, though, right? Steph, Clay, <laughs> all of them. When you what say you they set the worst work? screens, what do you mean? They 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 hit you? Yeah, yeah, and yeah, sometimes I, moving. Screen. You know, you, you know who used to be the best ever. At that. You can say it. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know who used to be the best ever at that. John Stockton. John Stockton would set a cross screen for Carl Malone. Mm-hmm. That would, it was brutal, man. Like he would put his whole body into it, I mean, and he was yeah. a little guy, so they never called him for it. Like, but people used to hate them cross screens he would set, man. Oh my God. The worst in the but, league right now, I say, is Stephen Adams. Just because he's big or because he's physical or both? He's, he's going to hit you. He's going to hit you. <laughs> I right. would die on that screen. I'm not oh going. Okay. <laughs> so I'm, when you say them, I'm always like looking over my shoulder. Like, right, you got your head on the sofa, on right? So I can get ready. You don't, you don't get credit for that, right? So you, you know, his, you know his sister's like an Olympian shot putter. Like she won, nah. a gold, she won like a gold medal in it. Yeah. <laughs> or is, is it the discus throw? Right? Some, one of those. He's from New Zealand? Yeah, yeah, their yeah, whole yeah. family is ridiculous, you know? So, yeah, man. Well, look, man, Bruce, I can't thank you enough, man. I, I appreciate it. I, anytime guys come on in the middle of the season, I know you got a million things you could be doing besides this. So I appreciate appreciate nah, you coming. the price of being at the top of the West, baby. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> is this the fame? Blow up, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> 
Anytime you need me, I'm, I'm available. Bruce, appreciate man. And, and I'll say this to you: you you are absolutely right that there's there's still this kind of thing about guys that defend that you, and that and I always say, but isn't aren't you supposed to stop the other team too? Isn't that part mm-hmm. of this? Like, I'll tell you this: going in free agency this year, I'm not going to see the team. Um, my agent was talking to a team, and they were like. I mean, now they need defense. Now they need defense. Which, I mean, they're, they're decent, but they were. He was like, "Uh, are you interested in in Bruce? Like, what do you think about him?" They're like, "No, we need scores." And I, I think they might be one of the worst defensive teams in the oh league. Oh my god, so. <laughs> it's just crazy, yeah. man. <laughs> It's crazy. They kind of did you a favor, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, I'm happy that Denver's been a great spot for me. So yeah, I'm yeah. good. I, I, Denver chose me, and I chose Denver. Well, continued success and good luck to you, bro, man. Thank, Thank you again. We will and, never uh, understand your value. Just get used to that. We won't get that it. Is we fact. Don't, we that just is won't fact. get it. Keep it shit because we only care about TV. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. You're right. All right, y'all. Leave that five star review on Apple, Spotify, Google Play. And wherever you get this fine American podcast, Marcus, 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 if they can't leave the five stars, what do you need to do? Keep it to yourself, you haters. Haters. We'll run you off of Stephen Adams' game. Exactly. <laughs> we love you, Jade. We're out.